be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, be watchful, be alert. You do not know when the time will come. It is like a man traveling abroad. He leaves home and places his servants in charge, each with his own work, and orders the gatekeeper to be put on the watch. Watch, therefore. You do not know when the Lord of the house is coming, whether in the evening or at midnight or at cockcrow or in the morning. May he not come suddenly and find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to all. Watch. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Finally made it into Advent, into our last session of this homily series, this preaching series. Remember, it's parousia. It's Greek for coming, the coming of Christ, both the first coming and the second coming. Parousia is literally Greek for what's Latin, Advent, Adventus. So the season of Advent is about the coming of Christ. The end of the world, the judgment of God, that's what we've been talking about The first week, Jesus will come again. There will be a second coming the second week when he does. What what will be the criteria? Well, our love of God, our response to his grace, our reception of his grace, his love, and then our love of our neighbor, Matthew 25. Now week three, when is this going to happen? When is it going to happen? And there's parts in scripture where Jesus seems pretty clear about some signs and sometimes that misguides some people. Let's look at that first. So Matthew 24, he says this, they ask him, they say, tell us, when will this be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered them, beware that no one leads you astray for many will come in my name saying, I'm the Messiah and they will lead many astray and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All this is but the beginnings of the birth pangs. It seems like Jesus has given us things to watch out for to know when the end is coming. Throughout history, people have taken these events as reason in their own lives, in their own areas, wherever they live. As reason to claim that the end is now. The problem is a lot of these things have always taken place. Wars have always taken place. There's always been tragedies and disasters. I think if you lived next to one of these volcanoes that erupted Pompeii or Vesuvius or lived during the Black Plague where a third of the human population died. How apocalyptic would it, would, would it have uh, felt? Tsunamis, even just a few years ago, right? At the height of lockdown and COVID and people were like, is this the end? Well, obviously it wasn't. Throughout history, people have made the mistake. And I think this is a mistake 
to try to claim exactly when the end is going to be, exactly when the parousia is going to be. Even saints have fallen prey to this. St. Martin of Tours said, in the year 400 will be the end. That was a long time ago. Didn't happen. St. Irenaeus said, well, okay, it wasn't 400. Martin was wrong. 500, year 500. I like the even numbers, right? <laughs> like it's going to happen on these even numbers. Uh, didn't happen. Pope Sylvester II, he was the Pope at the turn of the first millennia. And he said, year 1,000, this has got to be when Jesus comes back. So much so that he created riots. Riots were happening all through Europe and mass pilgrimages to Jerusalem. It didn't happen. Again, the Black Death, that's the middle of the 14th century, like the 1340s and 50s. People were saying this is the end. It wasn't. Martin Luther said it was going to be in 1600. Christopher Columbus said 1656. Jehovah's Witnesses as an entire uh, congregation, faith, say 1941. Didn't happen. Say 1975. Didn't happen. Who can forget 1999? Y2K. Remember that? I remember it. The computers were going to end the world. I remember sitting my mom like I, I was not allowed to go to like a New Year's Eve party that year. She was like, we're all going to be in the living room. And if it's the end, we're going down together. And so we're watching the and the balls about to drop. And I'm like sitting there. My sister's right there. And I'm like, I remember turning to my mom and be like, you know, it's already January 1st in Australia. She was like, shut up. <laughs> so. <laughs> What is the, will we know? How can we know? What is the official teaching? Well, that's why we got the catechism. So on your sheet, you got catechism 673. We'll have some scriptures to follow. Since the ascension, Christ's coming in glory has been imminent, even though it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has fixed by his own authority This eschatological coming, remember what that word means, it means the end of the world, could be accomplished at any moment, even if both it and the final trial that will precede it are delayed. The catechism reiterates scripture and says, you will not know definitively. Mark 13, but about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the son, but only the father. Beware, keep alert. For you do not know when the time will come. Therefore, keep awake. For you do not know when the master of the house will come. Jesus is being clear. You're not going to know. I promise you, I will never predict a date because Jesus says, I'm not going to know. I'm not going to be on a list of people one day when someone's preaching me like, yeah, Father Brad said it was going to be on that day. (laughs) We're not going to know. First Thessalonians, St. Paul says to the Thessalonians, he says, you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. I don't know if you've talked to any thieves lately, but they don't generally say, hey, by the way, tonight I'm coming over and I'm coming to steal all your stuff. No, that's the point. Jesus is using this analogy and it's like it's going to be like a thief in the night, which means we will not know. But. Because of this, because sometimes you'd be like, okay, I thought Father Brad was going to say it was coming quick. But the temptation is, look, I'm telling you, we're not going to know. The catechism says we're not going to know. I can't tell you a date. But the temptation is to pendulum swing. As human beings, we always do this. We're either like, I got to know the date perfectly or I'm not even going to think about it. And it's not happening. 
It's a pendulum. Actually, the truth is in the tension. It's in the middle. Do not pendulum swing into the other direction to never expect or to never prepare for the parousia, the coming of Christ. In fact, this is exactly what Jesus and the church warn against. That's what the season of Advent is about. Preparing. Stay awake. Be watchful. Be alert. Those are the words that the church and our Lord himself give us. Beware that your hearts do not become drowsy from carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of daily life. And that day catch you by surprise like a trap. For that day will assault everyone who lives on the face of the earth. Be vigilant. Be vigilant. Hold vigil. At all times and pray that you have the strength to escape the tribulations that are imminent and stand before the son of God. So you got to prepare for obviously the final judgment, but most likely that final judgment will not precede our particular judgment. Or last week we talked about our particular judgment. Most our particular judgment. It's when we die. In the, in the words of Tim McGraw, son, I hope one day. You get the chance to live like you were dying. That's the point. Live like you were dying. Live like you're going to see Jesus because you will and you won't know the day nor the hour. It's very similar, right? Most of us, some of us might have a special grace in a sense to prepare, to know, to say goodbye, to look at our loved ones in the eyes, to say we're sorry, to reconcile, to go to confession, to call me to your bedside to prepare your soul. Some of us will have that, but some will not. On August 2nd, I got an email from the diocese. Diocese is always emailing me, right? And so Father Jamin emails me and I'm like, I usually go, okay, let me see what Father Jamin's got to say. Well, that day was different. In the, in the title, it said, Concerning Father Mark Beard. I said, what happened? And I opened up the email. And I just stopped. Because he had died. Father Mark Beard, he was pastor and Amy. Young man, early 50s. Vibrant. Active. Founded retreat houses. Pulled people back to the church. A fiery preacher. And in an instant, he had died in a car wreck. Travel on I-55, trying to avoid stop cars. His car flipped, hit a, a pylon or an obstruction. He died at the scene in an instant. He didn't know. He didn't know that it would be the end. He didn't know his particular judgment was coming. That's kind of the point. I'm, I want to end this homily by letting Father Mark preach to you. Now, I'm not going to be able to emulate his fiery tone. Um, if you think I'm fiery sometimes, you should have seen him. <laughs> Did anyone see this last homily? His last homily, the weekend before, it's on YouTube. You can look up Father Mark Beard, last homily. you hear him preach it better than me. You know what's really beautiful was that at the beginning of the homily, he said this. He said, one day I will go before God and I will be judged for what I preached. And what, how I lived my priesthood, he didn't know it would be three days later. And then he preached this homily about being ready and not being on the fence, but preparing our hearts for that judgment of God. 
Father Mark Beard said, the only thing that matters is your soul. Man, do you understand? There's no exceptions when you are in front of him. There's no arbitration. There's no mediation. He's going to say, here's your judgment. You come in on this day. You go home on this day. Please, for the love of God, remember this. The nanosecond you die. The nanosecond before people walk away from your bed, before they get into their car, you have already been judged. You are either in heaven, hell or purgatory. And that's it. It's done. And there's nowhere else to go for all eternity. I'm trying to tell you, you can't pick and choose. Either he's the great I am or he's not. You can't go running both ways. You can't say, I believe in the church, but I have exceptions for these rules. At the end of the day, you have got to get off the fence. You have got to plant your flag. My brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm not saying that at the end of the day, you will agree with 100% of the church teaching, but you can't pick and choose. She's been around for 2,000 years. And someday you and I, three days later, someday you and I will stand before God naked and alone. And let me promise you, You will hear one of two words come judgment day. Depart from me. Or he's going to say, welcome to my table. God, I've waited for you. I bragged on you. I told the saints about you. I said, watch him. Watch her. My brothers and sisters in Christ, I leave you with the words of Johnny Cash, a great theologian in his own right. He said, If there was a fence between heaven and hell, it would be owned by the devil himself. Get off the fence. Father Mark didn't know he was going to die, but he did three days later. And he went down preaching in the same fiery way he always did because he wanted you to know something. The same thing the church wants you to know. This Advent, that Jesus is coming back that this life will come to an end and that you will be judged and that the only tragedy in life is to not become a saint. It's the only tragedy in life. Please stand as we bless our Advent wreath.